Deuteronomy 22. You shall not see your brother's ox or his sheep go astray and hide yourself from them. You shall surely bring them to your brother. If your brother isn't near to you or if you don't know him, then you shall bring it home to your house and it shall be with you until your brother comes looking for it and you shall restore it to him. So you shall do with his donkey, so you shall do with his garment, so you shall do with every lost thing of your brother's which he has lost and you have found. You may not hide yourself. You shall not see your brother's donkey or his ox fallen down by the way and hide yourself from them. You shall surely help him to lift them up again. A woman shall not wear men's clothing, neither shall a man put on woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh your God. If you come across a bird's nest on the way, or in any tree or on the ground, with young ones or eggs, and the hen sitting on the young or on the eggs, you shall not take the hen with the young. You shall surely let the hen go, but the young you may take for yourself, that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days. When you build a new house, then you shall make a railing around your roof so that you don't bring blood on your house if anyone falls from there. You shall sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed, lest all the fruit be defiled, the seed which you have sown, and the increase of the vineyard. You shall not plough with an ox and a donkey together. You shall not wear clothes of wool and linen woven together. You shall make yourselves fringes on the four corners of your cloak with which you cover yourself. If any man takes a wife and goes into her and hates her, accuses her of shameful things, gives her a bad name and says, I took this woman and when I came near to her, I didn't find in her the tokens of virginity. Then the young lady's father and mother shall take and bring the tokens of the young lady's virginity to the elders of the city in the gate. The young lady's father shall tell the elders, I gave my daughter to this man as his wife and he hates her. Behold, he has accused her of shameful things, saying, I didn't find in your daughter the tokens of virginity, and yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity. They shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. The elders of the city shall take the man and chastise him. They shall fine him one hundred shekels of silver and give them to the father of the young lady because he has given a bad name to a virgin of Israel. She shall be his wife. He may not put her away all his days. But if this thing is true, and the tokens of virginity were not found in the young lady, then they shall bring out the young lady to the door of the father's house, and the men of the city shall stone her to death with stones, because she has done folly in Israel to play the prostitute in her father's house. So you shall remove the evil from among you. If a man is found lying with a woman, married to a husband, then they shall both die, the man who lay with the woman and the woman. So you shall remove the evil from Israel. If there is a young lady who is a virgin pledged to be married to a husband, and the man finds her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of the city, and you shall stone them to death with stones. The lady, because she didn't cry, being in the city, and the man because he has humbled his neighbor's wife, so you shall remove the evil from among you. But if the man finds the lady who is pledged to be married in the field, and the man forces her and lies with her, 
then only the man who lay with her shall die. But to the lady you shall do nothing. There is in the lady no sin worthy of death, for as when a man rises against his neighbour and kills him, even so in this matter. For he found her in the field, and pledged to be married, the pledged to be married lady cried, and there was no one to save her. If a man finds a lady who is a virgin, who is not pledged to be married, grabs her and lies with her, and they are found, then the man who lay with her shall give to the lady's father fifty shekels of silver. She shall be his wife, because he has humbled her. He may not put her away all his days. A man shall not take his father's wife, and shall not uncover his father's skirt. There's a lot of things in this chapter, and it's the discussions you can get into about these are unbelievably interesting. <laughs> Lots of opinions. But I think you need to keep it God-focused. And um, it starts out by saying, if you see your brother's donkey wandering, you know, take it back to him. So here we've got an example of how the Lord is starting to change the way the Israelites think, where they realize they're responsible for the people around them. In ancient cultures, you wouldn't have cared two hoots if you saw someone else's donkey. You might even have stolen it and said, that's my donkey now. But no, now you're responsible for those around you. And that's a body of Christ thing as Christians. We're not just responsible for our own church or our own congregation, but we realize that all the congregations in the city are the church that we're a part of. There's really only one church in your city. And so we have brothers and sisters around us and we're responsible for them, responsible to pray for them, to love them, to serve them. If we see harm coming to them, we're responsible to warn them. So this is being a Christian. It's being a part of the people of God. Further down in the chapter, it talked about a man shall not wear a woman's clothing. A woman shall not wear a man's clothing. This is an abomination to God. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we've got kids at school like girls that wear boys clothing for sports. That's, that's just practical. We're not talking about this, but we're talking about, um, I'm pretty sure, that's talking about here people that don't, um, they don't appreciate what God has done for them or the way God has made them. And when it says it's an abomination, what it means is it displeases the Lord. And the way I understand this is that in Acts chapter 17, it says that the Lord is the one who has chosen the times and the places where we should live. In other words, we none of us chose our gender. None of us chose where we, we would be born. You know, someone's born in Winnipeg in Canada. Someone's born in Nairobi in Kenya. Someone's born a, a male in China in the, you know, the, the Zing dynasty. People are born at different times and places, male, female, it's the Lord who decides. We don't even get to choose our own name. Our parents choose that. So there's a lot that's outside of our control. So when someone says, I don't like who I am, and uh, I know this is politically sensitive, and I, we, we don't mean harm to anyone, we're just trying to explain why the Bible says this, it's the word abomination just means that the Lord's displeased. That's what it means. And so the, why would the Lord be displeased? It's because someone's saying to him, I don't like what you have made. I don't like that, you know, my wife, for example, when she was a teenager, she was a white American. She wanted to be an African-American because she thought they were cool. So she was dissatisfied with who she was. And, uh, but it was the Lord who chose for her to be born in California in you know, 1977 and, and to live with the family that she's... And I'm sure all of us at times, 
it's not just about whether you're male or female, that's a genuine struggle for people. And if you know anyone like that, pray for them. But all of us at times have struggled with exact same sin as this, but in different ways. For example, we've, we haven't liked where we've lived, or we haven't liked the home we've been born into, or we haven't liked the, the upbringing we've had, or you know, people have dis, dishonored their parents, but it was the Lord who gave them those parents. So this, this is just one, this is one example of many, many similar types of things. And in the end, we've, we're in the position we are because the Lord has put us here and our, the right response to us is to say, Lord, um, I don't know why you made me the way I'm made. I don't know why you made me a Caucasian living in the 21st century. I don't know why you made me male. And or I, don't, you know, I don't know why you made me uh, to live in Rockhampton of all places. And there must surely be lots of other places that, that are better although I really like Rockhampton, personally. Um, but you can question the Lord, but in the end, you've got to accept that he's all-wise, all-knowing. So these types of laws about, that are found in the Bible, um, they just give us a window into accepting, our, accepting ourselves for who we are and saying, God made me this way. I don't know why, but Lord, open my eyes to see what's your plan for my life. It goes on, there are other laws, um, but I'm gonna finish just by talking for a few minutes about this tokens of virginity. So there's a, a, a little set of instructions here for, for when a man in Israel uh, married someone and was displeased and he, he would say, I didn't find in her the tokens of virginity and I, he hates her. He doesn't want her to be his wife anymore. And it says that the, the parents of the bride would bring the tokens of virginity. So this is a sheet with blood on it, which what they would do in this, the culture of the time was um, a woman was expected to be a virgin at marriage and they would lay a sheet under them on the wedding night. And as the marriage was consummated because of the way that the woman's body is created, um, in normal circumstances, there'd be bleeding. And then that sheet would be saved to prove that she was a virgin and hopefully it will never be needed. But later on, if her husband came to accuse her and say, I didn't find the, the tokens of virginity, well, the blood was the proof. <laughs> In other words, the, the blood would save her life. The blood would spare her life because she was innocent. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. And of course, if there was no proof, then there was a process for dealing with it. But interestingly, is that the body of Christ is the wife of the Lord. But unlike in this story, we're actually not innocent. There's nothing we can appeal to. The Lord himself has every reason why he could say, I didn't find in my wife the token of virginity. He could say that and it would be correct. But you know what's interesting? Even though we could be displeased and we could be, say, we, we could be disposed of, we're loved and it's blood that saves our life. But it's not the blood of our, the tokens of our virginity, it's the blood of Christ. So it's still a blood that saves us, but it's not our blood, it's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there are these very, very interesting pictures here. And because of the blood of Christ, we actually become a virgin bride for Christ. So. The Lord, through his redeeming sacrifice, he turns his wife, who, who 
in whom was no virginity, he turns her into a beautiful bride, pure and spotless, said Paul, and for himself. Isn't that remarkable? It's a wonderful, wonderful picture. So Lord, I ask that you'd move in your people, in the church, in the body of Christ, and that you would make out of us a beautiful bride for yourself, pure and spotless and holy. Lord, fill us with the grace and the love of Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.